Witchy Ways is a podcast about the journey to unlock the forgotten ways of being in a world that's long taught us to be separated from our bodies, our souls, the world around us, and the other than humans that we share it with. Welcome. I'm your host, Jacqueline Freeman. Yesterday was a no good crappy van life <laughs> sucks van life problems kind of day oh my goodness um luckily uh today i am doing better um but it was just one of those days right so it was dark moon today's the new moon um in leo i want to say um it was dark moon which is a really good day to rest and um I didn't think that my schedule for the day was so hectic, right? Um, I had recorded some podcasts. I think I had three of them that I'd edited and put together, and I wanted to get those uploaded. Seriously, should not have taken more than an hour maximum. Um, and that's including how difficult it is to upload pictures from my phone because the interface between like Weebly, my computer, and the telephone um, puts my oldest pictures first. And I have like four years of pictures on my phone. So so then I have to scroll through, you know, and they want to upload before it'll let me go to the next thing. I don't know why it doesn't just upload, why it doesn't show most recent pictures first, like a normal thing. I don't know who set that organization up, but, um, and I haven't found any way to sort it in a different way. Um, but anyway, um, so 20 minutes max, right? Cause the pot the, I just need to upload into Soundcast or SoundCloud, um, write the blurb, download some pictures, boom, all done. Right. So hour, two hours tops. I thought, you know, I would give myself basically two hours to do it. I go to a cafe um, which the ladies at the ranger office had told me, um, had Wi-Fi. So it was, um, the cafe 19 or XIX cafe is how it's listed. And, um, for the 19th amendment. Um, so I went there and the internet is, you know, like I'm having all these problems and I thought it was just my like, you know, stuff being weird. But then, you know, after not being able to upload stuff on SoundCloud forever, um, I asked one of the ladies if they had something on the internet that braked like uploads and things like this. She said she didn't think so, but it was clear that it was not, I couldn't upload it into SoundCloud. So then a deluge hit. So I had to wait for that to go away. Um, meanwhile, like I can't log into anything. I'm having to like reset passwords all over the place. Like it was, it was just one of those days, you know, um, and really frustrating because Mercury was supposed to have gone direct on Tuesday, but apparently it's leaving like a really nasty shadow on its wake. Um, but, uh, then they tell me, Oh, the library has really good internet. 
So I go to the library and the library does have good internet, but there's nowhere to plug in. So by the time I get everything uploaded, like now my computer battery is like more than half done, which I also didn't understand how it lost so much power um, because I shut it down. I mean, I have the settings put to where it shuts down when I close, but um, I had actually pushed the tab to shut it down, not just closed it. Um, but still, I lost battery before, but from driving from one place to the next, which is really annoying. And then, um, but there's no plug-in. So I finally find a plug-in, like, around a corner from where this huge study area is. Um, but then I'm having to, like, rest my computer on a chair and I'm, like, on a little bench or whatever. Um, my computer had up had updates it needed to do. So plugins close by no internet or bad internet good internet <laughs> no plugins then um it's like seriously three o'clock by the time I, so i had been working for five hours to get three podcasts uploaded i'm annoyed i'm exhausted i'm hungry like all the things, right? So the, the STOP kind of stuff, right? Um, are you tired? Are you hungry? Are you lonely? Are you, you know, halt? That's what it was. Um, yeah, it was kind of like all those things. <laughs> um, so I'm just absolutely at the end of my wits. And um, I'm trying to find a place where I can park to go see stuff in downtown Seneca Falls. And uh, the first place that I go to, like, there's, like, a bitch million stairs um, to get street level. Um, the other side of the parking lot, like, on the other side of the street where you didn't have to go down, um, like, there was no entrance to the street. I would have had to walk down and walk back up again. So my knee is killing me. I'm hungry. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do... Um, the Women's Rights National Park today. I'll just go into the visitor center and see if there's anything else here um, that I haven't already read about and um, or further, you know, stops along the road or whatever. So I go into the visitor center in downtown Seneca Falls and um, and they have, you know, like beginning history so, um, the Iroquois Nation was in this area. Um, the Cayuga and Seneca people were here. The, is it Hassanadi people were specifically in this region? Um, I'm trying to find the name again. Here's me searching for names. Um, Haudenosaunee, Haudenosaunee, sorry, Haudenosaunee, um, people were specifically in this region at Seneca Falls, and, um, so the thing said that, you know, initially there was trade and things like this, um, there was a chief from the Iroquois Nation that got, or the Haudenosaunee actually, specifically, um, that had gotten a piece, um, medallion from the president um the Iroquois the Iroquois nation had a confederacy so it was initially it was five nations and then they 
they had they added a sixth tribe so it was a six nation confederacy they had a constitution um there are some that say that we patterned our own democracy after theirs um but in this little you know just one panel it has there it's talking about how rich the soil was and um they didn't say anything about five nations and stuff that the stuff that i uh, new already, but, um, it said on the panel that apparently some of the Haudenosaunee were, uh, fighting with the British during the American Revolution. So the president gave the order to have them all killed. And, um, there was a captain that was put in charge of the operation. So um, they come up here and it said the soldiers were in awe of the richness of the soil and how many things grew abundantly here. So after this um, part of the country was turned into like a veteran land tract, um, several of the soldiers that had been here to commit the genocide uh, came back to claim land. Um, knowing how we tend to do things, um, I'm partial to believe actually that they saw the land and then reported that some of the Haudenosaunee were fighting with the British, um, whether or not they were, so that they could get the land for themselves. That may or may not be true. It's just my instincts and an educated gander based on our history. So, um, and then it goes from this story to, um, I mean, you know, it's like the, Oh, okay. They fought with the British. So that means we can do whatever we want to, to them. Um, meanwhile, at the Connecticut historical society in Hartford, um, they had an exhibit on Connecticut during the American Revolution. And um, I was very surprised to hear that only 50% of the Connecticut residents were actually for the revolution. 30% um, were loyalists and 20% weren't really sure what they should do. So, so only 50% of colonizers and settlers are for the revolution but if some of the Haudenosaunee are not for the revolution then the whole tribe gets killed okay mm -hmm. got it so then not surprisingly it goes from this one panel quibbit to like a whole wall like half the exhibit of the fantastic industry um that happened here and the great things that they did to make room for industry. So uh, this is called Seneca Falls because there used to be waterfalls in the river that came through here. Um, but after committing genocide on the Haudenosaunee people, there was a fellow that decided um, that he was going to build locks here so that um, boats could get through and the falls could be navigable by a canoe 
as the people that had been here for a long time have been doing and trading with canoe for a very, very long time. Um, but the settlers, you know, they don't know how to trade with canoes. So then they began to alter the landscape, eventually even built a dam and flooded some plains. So there are no falls in Seneca Falls anymore. So it was just like walking this exhibit is just making me more and more angry, right? I'm just getting sick. And I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to like fully put these things together and not be shocked and surprised. Or maybe it is part of an open heart uh, that I am continually shocked and surprised. But uh, it's probably, it's, it's not surprising actually that... Um, the system that committed genocide on the people that were here would go on to um, permanently alter the landscape in the area. Um, and then the, is it the Bayat? The name is around here everywhere. Company put a grist mill here on the river to use that, use the river for the grist mill and um, they bought up land all up and down the river and wouldn't allow other mills to come into the area. They wanted a monopoly. Um, and so the economy of Seneca Falls did not grow as rapidly as other places in the area because there weren't as many jobs when there's only one mill company. Um, so that mill company filed bankruptcy and went out of business. So that was, you know, <laughs> a little, uh, a little, a little justice rolling down. Um, so it was nice to, to see that thing happening, but, um, uh, and then you eventually got to the Seneca Falls, uh, women's convention that happened. <sighs> um, but I was in just such an incredibly foul mood. Um, that museum was far more about the industry um, than the Seneca Falls. Seneca Falls was like the kind of last thing. And then um, It's a Wonderful Life is believed to be inspired. Bedford Falls is believed to be inspired by the town of Seneca Falls. So um, they were at the very last. The industry stuff takes up, you know, three quarters of the exhibit. They also had a, a Trump, a, a Trump puller, a stump puller, which is like these three huge wheels. So as they're um, altering the land around the river to be able to have more industry, um, it was really hard work to get all those old growth trees torn down. And gosh, golly, they had to dig them out by hand. And isn't that terrible? And then somebody invented this thing called a stump puller, which is basically these like three huge wheels. I mean, huge, 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 huge. They had to have been 20 feet tall. Um, and they would roll this along the landscape, tie a rope around the stump, and then just roll this, um, this stump puller forward to pull the stumps out. So then, you know, a team of 10 men could pull as many as 40 stumps a day. Oh, yay. Isn't that great that you can, like, just destroy things even faster? 
<laughs> oh my goodness gracious. It was a rough ride yesterday. It was a really rough ride. Um, so by the time I leave the visitor center, I am just, I've had it. <laughs> my knee's killing me. I'm frustrated. I'm still hungry. I'm furious. Um, so I did go down the street and actually like pay for a hot sandwich um, instead of um, trying to find some place where I could put something together. Um, so, uh, so I paid for a hot sandwich, um, and then, um, went to the store and in it, the store closed at six. So I should have known it wasn't like your sort of chain grocery store or whatever. But, um, so I hurried over to the store after the sandwich and, um, it was a Dutch store, like an Amit store. And so they had a Dutch bakery and everybody there is in traditional dress. And at first I thought it was like the work uniform. And then I realized like the cashiers were not wearing the same things as like the ladies in the cafe. Um, and that they were all just Dutch. Um, and all the food appeared to come from Amish producers. Um, you know, and like in sort of like baggies, like you would get at bulk bin. So, but pre measured or whatever. Um, so that was pretty cool. But then as I'm coming out of there, um, I'm dumping ice into my ice holder thing and, um, getting that in the cooler. And before I can get the ice in the, the ice bag in the cooler, and like three things in the cooler and then like literally chucking three other things into the back of the van, not like actually putting them where they belong. Um, the rain just, I mean, this deluge, no wind, very few little warning drops, like just instant deluge. So in less than three minutes, I am soaked to the bone. Um, the water is like ankle high in the parking lot near the front of the van. Um, <laughs> the gate won't close, I guess, because the the rain is interfering with a signal from the key or something. Oh my goodness. I was rough. Um, and then I get back to the campsite. I got a new campsite and it's like swarming with mosquitoes. So, um, I mean, I'm not having to hear like the living madmen episode that is the golf course that was next to my other campsite. But, um, but now I got mosquitoes. Apparently they spray the golf course. So, um, I thought, wow, it's really nice. There aren't that many mosquitoes over here, but they probably spray the golf course. So, um, yesterday was a rough day. Um, and then, you know, on top of all of it, uh, my battery ran out in the middle of the night. So, uh, I have to have all the doors shut because it's raining, but now no fans are running because my battery drained. Um, which is the sort of double whammy of rain on a solar energy system is that, uh, you don't get to gather sun and everything's closed. So you rely on more on electricity. So it's kind of, it kind of sucks. Um, I did buy a tarp 
for um, like to keep the rain out so I could have doors open. But I noticed that um, if I just have it like laying over the van, I think what it's actually doing, it's trapping the heat um, at the top and all the cold air is kind of like oozing out of the bottom. Um, because the day that I had the tarp on, it was really hot in there. And then the day that I just had the mosquito netting and didn't have the tarp on, um, it was much, much cooler. So, um, but the sporting goods store that I went to did not have tent poles. Um, so I haven't been able to do something to like have the tarp be up and off the van so that I can have the doors open while it's raining and still get be dry and have airflow. Um, so, you know, every new little issue has got bugs to work out, but yesterday was just one of those days where I was not in a place where I could handle much of it. Um, but today's a better day. And, um, I did a little more research on, uh, the native history in the area and found some articles about, um, the influence of the indigenous tribes here on the women's movement, um, which is not surprising um, since I've had my own inspiration of um, women from matrilineal tribes that I've met, uh, Sherry Mitchell being one of them, that stands as an embodied example of what it looks like to be in a place where women are truly valued. Uh, and, to grow, and for that to not be like a fantasy or um, you know, some, a heart calling, but to be embodied, lived experience. Um, so apparently, uh, Katie Stanton and, um, through her, Susan B. Anthony were inspired by, um, the indigenous friends that they had. And, um, the Quakers also did a lot of work to try to uh, help different indigenous nations uh, not get totally swindled by land speculators and um, and this kind of stuff. So the Quakers that were instrumental in the women's movement um, had been very busy helping indigenous tribes hold on to their lands um, and were deeply influenced by what they saw there and the freedom that indigenous women had and the valued role that they played in society. So, um, I'll probably do a separate section on that. It might be in this podcast, but, um, but yeah, this is just kind of like a <laughs> van life plus bad history equals totally crappy day. So, but today is a different day. Um, be blessed. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks for listening. If you're not already, subscribe to the podcast. That way you can get episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like more information about my van build or travels to get my feet in soil to hear what she has to say, then go on over to www.witchyways.com. That's spelled with a Y instead of an I. And uh, gotta be weird and wild about it, you know? So may your heart 
mind, eyes, ears, and life be open to the magic and connection that surrounds us all the time. Blessed be.